to the Rebel Rising Podcast, where business owners, speakers, and entrepreneurs have real conversations about making the journey to becoming the next generation of thought leaders and influencers. This is the place to take a stand in your industry, get messy with your message, slay your mindset demons, and grow a profitable business that allows you to make a bigger impact while doing more good. Here's your host, the instigator of three-word rebellion, Dr. Michelle Mazur. Hey, hey, Rebels. It is easy to blame yourself for your message not working. After all, you're the expert, right? You're in this work day in and day out. If anyone should be able to explain what you do to other people, it's you, right? Well, let's rethink that. After all, communication is a two-way street. And there is another person, or if you're a business owner or a speaker, there's a lot of other people on the receiving end of the communication that we're putting out in the world. And let's face it, for many of you who are listening to this podcast, What you're doing is cutting edge. It's different. And when you're doing things differently, it's harder for people to grasp. And that makes it difficult to explain because what people will do in order to make sense of it is to relate it to what they already know. So when I talk about creating three-word rebellions, people just think about, oh, you do brand messaging. It's like, no, a three-word rebellion is so much more than creating a brand message. But it's so easy for other people to relate my work to it. And then there are still other people who just dismiss what you do out of hand because, oh, it's just too strange, or I just don't believe you can get the results by doing things that way, or that's not the way we do things around here. We've always done it this other way. So I know it's easy to put all the blame on yourself and think that you should have this messaging thing all figured out, but there is this other side of the equation. There's a culprit we don't talk about enough. And I talked about this in episode 170 when I talked about how communication between people is messy and complex because each person is bringing all of their experiences, their values, their assumptions, everything to the table. So there is something we need to consider when we're creating the message for our business. And that something is our frame of reference, but more specifically, our audience's frame of reference, the receiver of our message, their frame of reference, because it biases how they interpret our communication. Let's be honest here. There's no unbiased source of anything if it's coming from a human being. Humans are biased. Let's talk about the media. Conservative, liberal, mainstream. It's all got 
a little bit of bias to it. Even objective science contains some bias because we humans are interpreting the data and everything about that data is filtered through our frame of reference. So before we dive into this episode about questions you can ask yourself to kind of figure out how this bias is impacting your message, let's do a bit of an experiment. Now, imagine you're walking down the street in your neighborhood. You see a man who is coming towards you. He is wearing a red baseball hat. There's some white writing on it. You can't make it out, but you're pretty sure it says, make America great again. Now, what do you believe about that man based on his baseball hat? Do you like this person or not? Do you think this person's beliefs align with yours or not? Do you think this person will be friendly towards you or not? Would you say hello or not? Now, imagine as this person walks closer towards you, you realize that the red hat doesn't say make America great again, but instead it just says Nike. Now, how do you feel about that man? Is there relief or is there hesitancy? Is he more like you or less like you? Will he be more friendly or less friendly? Now, the answers, they don't matter because all of this is bias. It's all influenced by our frame of reference and what we believe. And how do I know this? I know this because I made the man up and you still had some opinions based on an article of clothing. So our frame of reference impacts everything that we are communicating. So what does this mean for your business? We know it exists, but what does it mean for your business? When someone shows up on your website, or they meet you at an event, or they hear you on a podcast, they immediately have a lot of thoughts about you and what you do, based on very little real information. But they look at you, they look at your style, they look at your hair, and they make some assumptions based on their frame of reference. Social scientists define a frame of reference as our beliefs, schemas, preferences, values, and culture, and other ways we bias our understanding and judgment. So it's all of our experiences that we're bringing to the table. We do this, we bring bias, and we bring our frame of reference when we're meeting and interacting with people because it makes processing information easier for our brain. It's more energy efficient. So our brain helps us fill in the gaps with information based on what we've experienced before. So while so many business coaches will tell you that you need to have an ideal client avatar and a niche, and I don't necessarily disagree, kind of with the niche stuff, but that's a topic for another day. There's something else you need to root your understanding around when you're thinking about your clients and your customers, and that's their frame of reference. 
And this is why it's so important to dig in and have an audience-centered message. So here are three questions I want you to ask yourself about your people, because this will help you start rooting out what their frame of reference is. You'll be better able to understand their point of view, which will help you create a message they can actually understand. So the first question I have for you are, what are the misconceptions people have about your work and how you do your work? So this is a funny story. When I first started working with clients on the three-word rebellion and helping them with the messaging for their business, I had this assumption that everybody did messaging just the way that I did it, which was this very creative, collaborative process where I would do a content audit, um, my clients would do writing exercises, a lot of which are in the Three Word Rebellion book, and then we would come together and we'd have conversations and we'd get curious, and from that, it would produce their Three Word Rebellion, it would produce their audience journey and all of that. And then I realized I was wrong. That is not how most people do messaging work. Most people do messaging work by interviewing someone for an hour and then writing up what their message should be. I realized this because I was working with a client, Megan Crutchley at Be Organic Fitness. She had worked with somebody who helped their gym with messaging, and their gym was radically different, and they didn't want messaging around weight loss. That was not what their gym was about. And of course, this messaging person came back with a message around weight loss. So when she was interviewing me to work with me, she had some questions about how this was going to be different. And I was like, well, if you don't want to, like, I would never force a weight loss message on you if that's not what you'd want. That's not what would emerge from the work. But I had an assumption that messaging people worked the way that I worked. So there's this misconception that I'm just going to interview people and hand them their message. So what are some misconceptions that people have about you and the work you do? What are they getting wrong? And also, what are they getting right? That is some fertile ground for you to explore for your own messaging. The second question I have for you, what beliefs do they have, good or bad, about the work you do? Now, I've explored this a lot in my own business. So I hear things like, messaging is hard and it's going to be a lot of work. Or one of my favorites was I had a consult call one time and this man was convinced it was going to take five years to find his message. And I was like, all of my clients find their three-word rebellion in two weeks. Why would it take five years? He's like, it's supposed to take a long time. I'm like, I don't want to work with anyone for five years. <laughs> that would be frustrating. But he had it like this was a belief in his head that he had. Those are things that you have to talk to as a business owner. Same with the belief that messaging is hard and it's going to be a lot of work because so far that's been what your frame of reference has been, that messaging is hard. You've been trying to figure this out on your own. You've been up in your head. It's not been easy at all. You've been throwing spaghetti up against the wall. Yeah, I see that it's been hard, but I see that there's also a different way, and I can tell you about that. But I have to acknowledge first that 
it's hard. So what beliefs do your clients and customers have, good or bad, about the work that you do? Because understanding these beliefs and talking to these beliefs, oh my gosh, it creates such an amazing connection with your people. It's going to make them feel like you get me, like you're listening to me. You understand what I want and what I need. The third and final question that I want you to think about, and this one's a biggie because most of us are in the work of transformation. We want to change people in some way. If you're a coach, you want to change their lives in some way. If you are a business coach, you're changing their business. If I'm changing the way people communicate and show up in the world, if you are a creativity coach, you're getting people to change the way they create and actually create stuff. So it's amazing the work we do, and it's transformative. And at the same time, you have to ask this question, why would people say no to the change you can create for them? Why would they say no? Because let's face it, change is hard, even when we say we want it. You heard me at the beginning of this podcast say, but we've always done it this way. Oh my gosh, the default is so much easier than changing up our lives. And we have a lot of stories around why we don't change. The classic example of this is at the beginning of every single year, people flock to the gym because this is going to be the year they lose all of the weight, only to stop going to the gym three weeks later. They're resisting the transformation they say they want when it gets hard. For me, I know one of the things that my people struggle with is that staying on message is hard because we're innovators, right? You're rebels. You like to shake things up. And here I am giving you a message and saying like, all right, now just repeat this for three to five years and you'll be known for it. Yay! (laughs) Which in one way, it's very reassuring because this is the plan for building your business and getting your clients and being known and recognized and getting on stages and podcasts and writing your book and all of the things. It can also be kind of boring for you because you like to change things up. So I know I have to talk about that and address ways that you can change it up while still staying on message. So what is that for you? Why would people say no to the change that they say that they want? Do they feel like they're going to lose someone in their lives? Do they have to destroy the person that they currently are? Get to the bottom of that because that is also a part of their frame of reference. And it's how they're interpreting your message. And you got to be able to meet your people where they are in order to persuade them, in order to serve them, in order to transform them. And speaking of transformational work, if you are listening to this in the day or two that this goes live, so this goes live on October 22nd, on October 24th, I am hosting a 
masterclass about the three-word rebellion, where we're going to talk about how to grow your business and influence 24-7 with a -a one-of-a-kind message. And so this masterclass is going to go deeper into what the book covers. And hey, if you haven't read the book or you have the book and you haven't done the exercises, come on over to the webinar because we're going to be diving into some of those. And I'll also be giving you my latest insights into what makes a compelling three-word rebellion that ends up spreading your message like wildfire. So if you would like to join me on Thursday, October 24th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, all you have to do is grab your phone and I'm betting you're listening to this podcast on your phone, go to the text app, start a new text message, type the number 33777 in the two line. And for the text message, just type the number 3WR, 3WR, and hit send. You'll get some prompts that will sign you right up. And hey, if you want to go old school, you can just go over to drmichellemazur.com slash webinar. And let me leave you with this thought. When you truly get your audience, when they feel you understand them, when they feel that you know how they think and you get them, they will trust you. They will want to follow you because they know that you have their best interests at heart. Use that frame of reference. Dive in, speak to those bias, because that is a way that you can get your message, your three-word rebellion, out into the world. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebel Rising Podcast. If you enjoyed the show and find it valuable, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you leave us a review, you help more people find the show. For more information on working with me on your three-word rebellion messaging or your keynote speech and speaker marketing, go to drmichellemazur.com. See you next time, Rebel Riser.